Welcome to Capital P and People Work. I'm your host, Gabby Lubin, and I'm a three-time burnt-out professional. I say that because it's my mission in life to co-create a world where burnout is the exception, not the norm. That's why I've brought you a full season on Capital P of episodes that center on workplace wellness. Together, we'll dive into what it means to really walk the walk of wellness in the workplace. Join me in chatting with people leaders, wellness CEOs, and workplace wellness providers to learn about all that there is in workplace wellness. Let's dig into the topic for today. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Yelsey. Nicole leads operations, marketing, and strategy at kindworks.ai. She has 20 years of experience in marketing, brand, and business development, working on both the client and agency sides for the large Fortune 100 companies and early stage startups. Nicole is passionate about designing inclusive, open, and honest work environments that drive impact and are places where everyone enjoys their work. She has built and transformed teams with her person for, excuse me, person-centered, I almost put my own language in there, (laughs) person-centered approach in previous roles and is excited for KindWorks to do this on a global scale. She speaks about bringing humanity into the workplace and designing a future where we succeed together. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us today. Thrilled to be here and chatting more. Yeah. Well, we heard about your amazing accomplishments, but we want to get down to it and know a little bit about you. Who are you as a human? Uh, I love that question because I talk a lot about uh, connecting with people as a human. And I, when I'm complimenting people, I often say they're a wonderful human when they are some of my favorite people. So I love the question, first of all. Um, I think I uh, you know, I'm a mom. That's one of the first things that comes to my mind just because, you know, that's my daily, that's my other job besides kind works. Um, I also, I am a connector of people. Uh, so that's something I've kind of been told my whole life is that I bring people together all the way starting, you know, back in high school and introducing friend groups and never really being part of one particular, but, you know, being that connector between, um, you know, at, at my wedding, my father-in-law said, oh, Nicole, like collects friends. And it's amazing because everyone thinks they're her best friend, uh, but it's oh. not because it's because I, I also feel that way. Like I was surrounded, you know, having people, um, that I, I've connected in different stages of my life together at different times. Um, so I think just a connector of people and then um, kind of going back to the, you know, the first thing I always think of is, is mom besides my, my role at KindWorks and how do I instill um, the values that I've taken in my life and my, in my kids. That's really beautiful. It sounds like the things that you bring to your work and your life are pretty fluid in some ways and you really show up authentically in both spaces, which um, is really valuable as a human goes. I think it's super important. Um, I had a conversation or event uh, recently talking about work-life balance and someone used the word work-life alignment. And I really just love that and am adapting that because, you know, it's, it is fluid and, you know, we are one person and, you know, our role might be different in different situations, but we're one person and it's fluid. Yeah. I love that. I've also, um, heard the word harmony. We had, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his last name. No, uh, yes. Uh, the founder of HR hot seat I'm blanking on his first name now. Um, whatever. Anyway, he was on the podcast and I'm struggling here apparently, but, um, his company name is called Harmony Insights, but he spoke about that at length. Um, talking specifically about, 
um, work-life harmony. Um, so there's different that. ways in which we can like use that phrase, but I think moving away from balance is definitely a good move. <laughs> and I think that's the expectation of people now too, is like finding something that is integrated and yeah, harmony, alignment, integration, all those pieces. It's the expectation now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we'd love to know how you're thinking about people work right now. What is your P word at the moment? My P word. Um, I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of an obvious one, but I just, I go to purpose. Um, and I mean, one of the things, whether it's finding purpose, finding impact, but that idea of, um, finding your meaning and everything you're doing. And I think, uh, one of the reasons, you know, I, I work in kindness and I can talk more about what that means, but what I really found is that being kind gives everyone purpose, no matter what your role is. Um, but then finding, you know, all those it aligns also passion is another word. Um, so what are you passionate about? What are you interested in? And how are you tying that in to that idea of your, your work-life alignment, um, so that you are finding purpose through your passions every day. And it does not mean that like everyone's in their dream job and doing exactly what they want to do at every moment of every time period and chapter of their life, but finding those moments of passion and the, the ability to, to feel purpose in what you're doing. Beautiful. Yeah. That's, um, a really interesting tie into your company, which you are the co-founder and COO of. So I'd love to start just digging in because Kindworks is such an interesting idea, an important idea and something that like has been hard to scale, I think in many other instances, but you guys have figured it out. So talk to us, what is Kindworks and how did you come to this idea of creating it? Yeah. Um, it's funny you say to scale it because I always kind of thought that at some point in time, I might work in, uh, helping leaders, you know, find more connection and, you know, leadership development, uh, learning all of those pieces, but I thought I would do it from a consulting standpoint. So then when Daniel, the CEO and founder of, of Kindworks reached out to me with the idea for Kindworks, I joined when it was just an idea. I started diving into the research on kindness and I'm like, this is what I've been preaching my whole career is kindness. I just maybe haven't been calling it kindness. And then to do that at scale using technology, because I don't have the technology. I joke, I work on everything at Kindworks except the coding piece of it. Um, but to pair up with two fantastic Oxford engineers to actually build a platform to encourage kindness at scale was just kind of a dream role. Um, so what we have built is it's a platform that encourages and enables the practice of kindness. So if you think about kindness like a muscle and the more that you do it, the more it becomes like a habit. And so we have an AI agent named Benny who connects with people um, through places they're already connecting like Slack, WhatsApp, Microsoft Teams and we'll share kindness exercises. And so, and the way we define and think about kindness is, you know, it's not just be nice, but it might be having a difficult conversation, but doing it with empathy, with compassion, with listening, um, just treating the other person uh, with positive intent and humanity. Again, going back, treating the other person like a human. Um, and so Benny then connects and shares, if you think about it, uh, Benny's kind of like your, your coach or your friend who is by your side, to continue to practice kindness, similar to going to the gym or anything else to develop a habit. Mm, very interesting. Um, it feels like it's like taking bits and pieces of things that already existed in some ways, but been bringing it into this space of kindness. 
why was kindness the thing that was chosen? Like, what's a differentiator there? Because you could pull on any habit, I think, but this is a really specific one. Well, I think two pieces with that one kindness, the way that, that I defined it and we defined it and what we've really dug into is it's the umbrella kind of, you said it's pulling all these pieces together, but the umbrella for so many of these elements, whether it's empathy, compassion, connecting, listening, all of these things that are what we call elements of kindness. So it's the umbrella. Um, and the, the spark for the idea was actually, um, so Daniel had the idea, a number of years before COVID hit when he was at a difficult crossroads in his life. And he did an act of kindness for someone that had a, he's like, I had a physical reaction in my body that changed my whole perspective on my own difficult situation in my life. And then I was able to move forward, dove into the research on kindness. At the same time, he was the president of the Oxford AI Society. It's like, I'm researching that there's all these, this proof that kindness works to help us you know, improve our well-being and to feel better, to improve our trust, improve our relationships, improve our physical health even. And then, you know, I'm seeing all these use cases of AI um, in my role at Oxford that are not necessarily helping society. Sometimes they're, you know, even not necessarily, they're at the detriment, but how do we use AI and the power of that to, and the power of kindness and combine it? So had the idea, shelved it, and then uh, pandemic hit and, you know, seeing the crisis of well-being, seeing just, uh, you know, workplaces struggling at the start of the great resignation. It's like, I have this idea, I need to launch it. And uh, so that's, that's what sparked it. And then I was one of the first people he reached out after he left his role at Amazon to, to start it. I'm like, I love the concept. I, I can't just quit my full-time role for an idea, but I started as an advisor and then joined full-time after a few months when we got our first customers and got into the Oxford Accelerator. And it's, it's been an amazing ride ever since. Incredible. Uh, and so how long have you been around at this point? Uh, so KindWorks it's, itself uh, was February of 2021. Um, and I have been full-time now for about two years. Congrats. That's a lot of growth and excitement in the first two years, as I know, because I have done things like that before, that those are like the most important and um we'll say fast paced times. <laughs> yes. It's not slowing down. I will say that. Um, that's good. That's good. Yes. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's, you know, that's a whole, can be a whole separate conversation on yeah. that early stage startup and the life of an entrepreneur. Absolutely. We won't go into that as much today, but we do have to at least touch on it to just acknowledge that you guys are working your butts off to make this a reality for people. So but it kind of goes to the idea of purpose and passion. I say like, I, I've worked really hard at a lot of jobs and many hours. I don't think I've ever worked harder or as many hours as I am here. And at the same time, love what I'm doing. I'm so passionate about it more than ever before. That is the best kind of work. It's not necessarily, you know, the phrase, um, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. It's not necessarily true at those stages. It does feel like work, but it allows you to give more of yourself to it. Just don't right. get yourself lost in it because that is always what we need to avoid to keep the thing rope. going. It's a tight rope yes. sometimes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I want to go a little bit back to the product because I think it's um, a really fascinating and unique product that I haven't seen out there. Um, First, I think I, if this hasn't been clear for folks, this is a specific product for workplaces, right? You can't get this as an individual, correct? 
currently, yes. Our plan is that eventually it will be available. Um, when I started though, like kind of going to the question of we're two and a half years old, when I started, uh, we didn't know if we were B2B, we didn't know if we were B2C. We just had the idea that this is going to solve these greater challenges of well-being, of connectivity. And uh, and then we narrowed into B2B because the problem is so large for these enterprise customers. And then the pain point, you know, it's, it's a strong pain point if people are leaving, but even more if people are staying and they're not bringing their full self, like presenteeism is a huge challenge and lost cost is a huge cost for businesses. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. Okay. So I want, I want to go into this idea of engagement and, and presenteeism. I haven't heard that word. I've heard more of the absenteeism um, on the flip side, but before we do that, can you give us some examples of what it means or looks like to practice this kindness muscle with an AI bot, because it's not someone who I'm actually providing. Um, I'm not talking to you, Nicole, and saying, hey, like, I love your earrings. And I think the way that you show up to the world is really authentic. You know, that would be a specific kind compliment. So what does it look like to practice this using AI? Absolutely. So, uh, so Benny, the name of the AI agent, will provide custom and personalized kindness exercises, depending on um, how you've engaged in the past, and then also what your role is in the company. So Benny might give you an exercise that is, um, you know, deliver feedback to uh, a colleague uh, with positive intention or would give feedback to a colleague to help them grow. And that would only go to someone who has direct reports. They're all also shuffleable. Um, so you, you know, if one exercise doesn't work for you, you can go to the next one. And something, you know, very different might be uh, meet someone new in the office and find something you have in common. Um, it might be, um, you know, a question prompts and to start, you know, we have kind starters to start a conversation uh, in terms of, you know, share a childhood memory of uh, kindness um, or a time that, you know, a kindness impact that has had on your life um, or, or smaller ones. Like what's a superhero, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Um, they're really uh, icebreakers, but meant to do it. We have hundreds of them in there to um, to have more human conversations because things become so transactional, especially when you're on Zoom all the time. And how do you really connect with people on a human level? And um, again, so it's all also gamified. You know, when you get an exercise, you can hit shuffle. You can remind me later, and then uh, you win badges. So you might get you know a friendship badge, a well-being badge, and are on this kindness journey. Really interesting. So it's it's as if the if Benny is helping me remember to be kind and remember different ways to do that. Yep. Well, and it's so I like most people I think are generally kind people. I, I believe that most people are are kind at heart. It's often not the first thing you think of to be intentionally kind, um, particularly at the workplace and have that be top of mind. And so how do you make it intentional? Uh, so I think I mentioned, you know, when I started diving into the research on kindness, there are hundreds and hundreds of papers that are often done with these prompted kindness uh, exercises. And that's where all this proof comes in, you know, feelings of increased appreciation, increases of trust, these things that workplaces in particular are really trying to have a cultural shift towards. And so how do you just have these small nudges throughout your day to make it intentional as you said, top of mind? Yeah. I mean, uh, let's be honest. There are a million things on everyone's to-do list, a million ways in which we want to improve uh, personally, professionally, um, with hobbies, like things we want to do, et cetera. It's really hard to 
activate all the muscles that we're curious about. So the more that we can have help to do that, the easier it becomes to just be like the back of our hand, the thing that we just do, like we brush our teeth every day, right? It can be the same thing if we continue to practice that. Yep. And again, I, th- I think it's generally things people want to do. It's just not top of mind. So it might be next time you start a meeting, you know, ask everyone, you know, give everyone a, a, a five minute break before the meeting starts or a two minute break before the meeting starts, or there's also kindness to self. So, you know, play your favorites, take a, take a three minute break and play your favorite song or go for a walk around the block and, um, you know, write down three things that uh, you want to accomplish this week, things like that, uh, which are things that are, you know, they're small things that don't take a lot of time and have a much greater impact than people think they will. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and coming back to what you were saying earlier of kindness, kind of being this umbrella term, like I'm starting to see more of the, how, how it's an umbrella term. Like you just talked about, you know, playing your favorite song or taking a walk as some self-kindness. Those are also mindfulness activities or can be like exercise and like dancing to my favorite song. Right. Um, and then like the, the relationship parts of, of what you're saying too, um, that's a whole other component of, um, I just relatedness or like well-being, I guess I would say. Um, it's really cool to see it kind of all umbrellaed under this space of kindness because it makes our head spin less and it makes it simpler for us to like you flex that muscle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And even just thinking about it like a muscle. So I was saying I likened it a little bit to the gym before, but I think about it, you know, one day at the gym, you're going to work, uh, you might run and another day you'll work weights and another day you'll do yoga with kindness. You might, you know, practice kindness to self or practice kindness to others. You might practice listening. You might practice connecting and there's different elements, uh, that, you know, you want to work everything. So let's shift now to talk really about the workplace. Um, because, I mean, there's been a lot of changes and shifts and there's still changes and shifts happening in quote unquote post-pandemic life here. Um, what have you, I, I know the goal really is to get more of that engagement and community and I think collaboration going between employees. Um what are some like really sticky points you've noticed for these B2B customers that you're selling to of like, oh, wow, like that has made a really big impact on our blank? Um, so I think I mentioned the kind starters a bit. I think particularly as people had moved to remote or hybrid, even hybrid work, sometimes hybrid is even harder than remote. How do you keep that human connection when you don't have hallway conversations and do it from an intentional standpoint. I mean, the kind starters are something we as our team do every, you know, every stand-up meeting twice a week. And it's a way that, you know, I feel closer to many of the people on my team than I did with people that I'd worked with side by side for many years, because I know, you know, we've connected in these new ways. It helps us have conversations about other things that I never would have known about them uh, had we not had those. So I think that connectivity is the key piece of it. Um, And also for new employees or people that are more junior to have conversations with with new people, we've been told that's really helpful. Um, One of my favorite stories though, we were at a customer's office and they saw the the KindWorks sticker on a computer and came over and said, you know, I was having a difficult moment. I was thinking about taking a leave of absence and Benny prompted me to have some conversations with my boss, with my colleagues that helped me rebalance my workload that I wouldn't have had those conversations otherwise. And then not only did I not take the leave of absence, I ended up getting a promotion a few months later. 
Oh, wow. That is such a yeah, tangible and wonderful story. So um, congrats to that person yeah. for choosing to lean into Benny and, and take those leaps. But um, it's cool to see what's possible. Yeah, that's those are the moments that it's like, this is why we do this to truly make a difference. And and that makes a difference in the person's life at work, at home. And and the other piece is, you know, I mentioned those exercises that you do with Benny when kindness is top of mind and you're always, you know, you're, you're being intentional about it in one part of your life, you start to think about it in other places. I think there was another um, example where someone had said, you know, I would, there was a situation with a neighbor. I maybe would have like been confronted, but instead um, I treated him with kindness and, you know, I, I approached the situation very differently really because I've been thinking so much about kindness recently. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it, it it's a ripple effect of of sorts, and um, I think that's the most important thing to remember when you start utilizing those muscles. Is that you don't it doesn't just stay in this one box here. It gets to explode not just within one person, but like between people too. When like we're thinking back to the idea of like random acts of kindness, I think that's you know part of the point of that as well. Which like talk to us a little bit about random acts of kindness. Like how do you see things as similar or different in that kind of mindset? I I mean we really talk about it much more intentional acts of kindness versus random acts of kindness. Not any acts of kindness are fantastic, um, but really thinking about it as intentional. And I think part of that too is, you know, we talked about kindness is, you know, both a big strength for us. It can also be almost an Achilles heel because of the definition of kindness. So how do you define it? And so one of the big things for us is that idea that kindness is this umbrella for all of these. They're often called soft skills, but they're some of the most difficult things, but empathy and listening and compassion and um, recognition, all those pieces. And um, so just making sure that people understand it's not just be nice. And oftentimes with the random acts of kindness, again, they're fantastic. It's a gesture, but it's not that longer term making it a habit and intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also one of the people often think that kindness, it's going to take longer than we think it's going to be. It's going to cost more. It has to be these big gestures. Um, but really it's these small moments and making it part of your life. Ultimately, that's our, our goal is to make this a habit throughout individuals and workplaces. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly where my brain was going to next as well. Like as a manager or as a leader, being able to take even a part of this, um, off my shoulders is a huge relief because yes, I know I should be kind to the people that I'm supporting and employing, et cetera, but it can be challenging to do that when there's the bottom line that we're focusing on, or like I have stressful things that are happening in my own life, or maybe not everyone is equally on board. I don't know, but being able to have something that's built in to the system allows it to just be more intentionally present. Yeah. And and I think the kindness versus niceness is the other piece. And it doesn't mean don't be nice, but it just means it's much more than being nice. And it's also, I was just having a conversation earlier today with someone that was asking, you know, the difference for males and females as well in the workplace. And I think that a big piece of that is like kindness versus nice. And, you know, uh, she was like, can women, should women still be practiced? She'll, you know, be as intentional about being kind, or can that make you look weak? And I was like, I think that's where it gets confused. If you're just nice and you're not having the difficult conversations, but kindness is about having the difficult conversations, but treating everyone like a human positive intentions, those pieces, it doesn't mean don't be strong. I think the, the strongest leaders are kind leaders and it, 
they go together and they're, uh, unfortunately our society has started to taken them kind of apart from each other. And I think that's where we need to change the conversation. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought up gender. I went through a, an experience, a conversation recently. I'll share the specifics of it, um, just for the moment, but, um, you know, I was talking about some of the behaviors that I like to do as a leader, which I would put in a bucket of kind, but also just like proactive, supportive, et cetera. And I think it was seen as nice and cute instead. And I was like, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean I can't, you know, tell someone when they're wrong or it's, you know, talk to someone when they're losing track or focus, et cetera. Like I can do both, but I'm also going to do these things because I believe in the people that I'm supporting. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. One other example, I think like, um, so in former work and, you know, having a conversation and you're in a room and then you leave the room. I feel like I was often someone where, okay, people would come and be like, oh, I didn't agree with what that person said, or I didn't agree. It's like, well, why didn't you say something in the room? I was often the person that'd be like, no, okay. I'm not going to be the go-between. We're going to go have this conversation. We're going to rehab this conversation and talk about it. And that, that is the kind thing to do. Again, that is the, like, let's listen, let's connect, let's truly, um, understand the, the other person's viewpoint. And, and then we can find what is the answer here. Yeah. I think brings up a really important point that you somewhat share, but not fully, I think is important to touch on. Um, when you have these connections and pieces of engagement with each other, people are more comfortable with speaking up in that moment anyway, right? So that is good for all workplaces. We want the most quote unquote productive workplaces oftentimes and having the points of connection helps us get to that productivity. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it has to be example set by leadership is one of the pieces. And then also incentivized as well. So, you know, they have to, everything has to be aligned. Yeah. So um, we kind of touched on this. I want to touch a little bit more on it. Let's talk a little about engagement because engagement is a huge buzzword, I would say for HR people professionals right now. Um, Let me ask you first, what do you feel is your definition of engagement? I thought you were going to go there. And I was just like, that's going to be a really difficult question. It's a really interesting (laughs) question though. (laughs) It can be whatever you want. It's okay. But you know, we gotta, we gotta make sure we define it before we kind of analyze it. I think too. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to my, the conversation, the word presenteeism. And if, you know, are you, are you feeling like you're able to bring your full self to work? And I don't mean like, I, I I mean, are you able to deliver at your full potential? Um, If you are not, and there's something in the way, that is an engagement issue in my mind. Um, and your mind is somewhere else. You might be, you know, in the meeting, but your mind is somewhere completely else and you're not delivering as, as productively as you would be. Why do you guys use the word presenteeism versus absenteeism? Because typically we hear the word absenteeism. Well, in my mind, absenteeism is more when someone's like literally not there and whereas presenteeism is when you are there, but you're not, if that makes sense. It's like, it's the, it's more than the idea of quiet quitting. I think there's people that are out there that are, you know, intentionally, like I'm just quiet quitting now. So I'm just not delivering at my full potential, but the idea of presenteeism, and that's one extreme of it, but presenteeism is such a huge challenge for so many people because, you know, you're, yes, you're there, but you're not able to fully be there because 
you're not motivated, you know, you're frustrated, you're dealing more with politics than you are with anything else, you know, all these things that you're not actually being productive, um, but you're, but you're physically there. So that's why I'm not saying I say absenteeism is not being physically there was presenteeism. You're physically there, but you're not delivering. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, a really helpful distinguishing, um, component. I think what this is bringing up for me is I was having a conversation with some friends recently and she was sharing, um, that she had her mid-year review and everything went really well, except they were asking, she works for a company that's fully virtual. Um, they asked her to like be more engaging with her peers. And she was like, well, like, why? Like, I don't see the point of it. I'm doing fine. I'm like meeting the needs of where I need to be. Why do I need to be more involved with my peers? And I feel like that is a specific example of where kind works plugs in, in a positive and mutually reinforcing way to kind of help, not like volunteer people like you must talk to your coworkers more because like I don't know do we want to do that do you want to have virtual happy hours and stuff anymore like probably not like we need to Both go beyond that, that. Yes. and no we're we're over yes. that we're over that so i mean i'm curious to hear like what do you read from that situation and like is that a company that would work really well with what you guys provide I mean, likely, I, I feel like I'd have so many questions first of like, yeah. what does that mean in terms of the feedback that she got? Because I think there's different levels to it. Like, are you, is it, a, are you being collaborative? It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with your, co your colleagues and your coworkers, but having, you know, relationships where you can have open conversations is really important. And so I think I'd have to dive in more of like, what does that feedback mean? Um, but I do think in general, yes, that the answer would be, you know, having those ideas of starting to understand the other person more so to be able to have deeper conversations. And it doesn't mean having a virtual happy hour, but, you know, talking to somebody, finding something you have in common, um, seeing, you know, if they have, if you live in the same city, you know, what do they have recommendations for, you know, places they like to go, things like that, that you can find these mutual points of connection. Yeah. And, and not, forcing the person necessarily to have to come up with it, but incentivizing it in a proact or like a positive way. Like that's, what's so hard about this connection piece. It's really hard to crack that nut, which is why you guys have cracked it for us. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and I think the other piece, the most interesting part of the research, I think is that people, we all have this bias that we think that connecting with people we don't know well um, or at all is going to be really awkward and that like we're, it's not going to be of a benefit as much. Whereas then when you do, it's less awkward and the benefit is much bigger for both the giver and the receiver. And so how do you get people to get over that bias for it, like not wanting to do it because they're afraid it's going to be awkward and they don't understand the impact that it's going to have? I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think that's so important to remember, especially in this very um, divided world that we live in these days, like how important and helpful it is to be able to talk with people who are on the other side of whatever spectrum we're on. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and how rewarding you feel. There's a great study that's on um, it was actually done at uh, Coca-Cola offices and it was prompted kindness and like the, the increases in feelings of happiness, increases of life and job satisfaction. They're actually larger for the giver than for the receiver, which is surprising for a lot of people. Like they're large for both, 
but the giver, you know, we don't think about that until you do it. And they're the, then that's that natural high that you get. And so again, that's part of like those, uh, endorphins that you get from being kind. We want people to do that from small acts on a regular basis to then do it more and more. Yeah. That's why I was always mind blown when I realized that volunteering was an act of well-being, like self-care essentially. And I was like, what do you mean by that? That's helping other people. What are you talking about? But there are things that change in our brain when we do things for other people. It makes us feel good. Like think about the next time you do something you know, not necessarily random, but intentionally for someone else. Like, how does it make you feel? Yep. Probably good. A hundred percent. And it's just, uh, just this week, you know, had a little bit of an interesting personal situation. I had a friend who was also having the same thing uh, this week. And she's just like, let me buy you dinner. I need to do this. I need to do something. I'm like, okay, we're just going to swap so we can both feel good on, um, and have that act of kindness that we're connecting and, and being there for each other that can make both of our, our time feel better. That's really sweet. And what's going to be my next question. What was your last most recent, um, act of kindness? So that's lovely. Yeah, I, I would say that as well as another friend that I'm staying with right now, who's generously hosting us at her home. Um, I feel, as I said, in, a, in an interesting personal situation right now between homes, um, but I have, I feel so supported and that is the most amazing piece. And I would like to think that's because I support other people throughout. And, um, and so I just feel very blessed and, and supported. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. My most recent, um, we'll say overall endeavor has been to write more thank you notes and actually buy people more presents when I go to particular events like birthday parties that are, you know, not normally a present kind of experience. And it's been really nice to be on the other side of things. Like it brings me so much joy. So Especially when you more. can find something that you know is meaningful for them as well. Yeah. And yes, I, I thank you notes. That's another, um, I mean, there's a study with thank you notes that again, the amount of effort that people think it's going to take and the amount of, they overestimate the amount of effort and underestimate the amount of impact. Whereas you, generally the effort is much lower than you think it can take just a minute or two and the impact on the other person is, is huge. So my future mother-in-law is just like the absolute best at thank you notes. And she is the most generous and kind human being. And she does credit part of that generosity and kindness to her religious um, writing of thank you notes. So it's, it works. This yeah. stuff works. So I hope everyone is going to choose something today that they're going to do to be kind. And then also go tell their workplaces that they need kind works in their workplace. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, Nicole, if people are interested in learning more about you or kind works, where can they go? Uh, so our website's probably the best place. It's just www.kindworks.ai. Um, and I'm very happy to connect with people on LinkedIn, Nicole Yelsey with Kindworks. I uh, would love to learn more, share more, and uh, just continue to spread uh, kindness and the intentional practice of kindness, particularly at the workplace. We all have our piece that we can do. So let's make sure we do it today. <laughs> yes. Nicole, thank you so much for having or for having us. Thank you for being on the podcast with us. It was lovely to dig in with you. It was a pleasure. Always a pleasure to chat. Thank you. I swear I learned so much from each and every episode on Capital P. If there is something that you are taking away from this episode, we encourage you to share it on social media, particularly our main channel on LinkedIn. 
tag us, tag our guests. As always, thank you so much for listening, fam. We'll catch you next time to talk wellness in the workplace with other visionaries. You can find Capital P Tuesdays and Thursdays this summer on Spotify and Apple Podcasts with a brand new episode. Make sure to follow us and share with your favorite people people. See you next time. Thank you.